Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Los Angeles Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, and with me is my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? I was holding my breath that entire time. I I can't take it much longer. It's good to talk to you again, Jordan. It's been a little while, but uh, it's good to be back with everybody. Yeah, it's great to talk to you too, Rich, and I am making my way to your time zone very, very soon. And so I'm really stoked. Um, We're doing something a little bit different for you guys, all you listeners today. Um, We are kind of doing a a hodgepodge of a podcast here. And if you could say that five times fast, I commend you. Um, We are going to kind of have our theme be on the road because I will now be driving the 37 hours from (laughs) Charlotte to Los Angeles, which I'm taking and accepting any good vibes anyone wants to send my way for that drive because wow. And um, we want to cover, you know, some of the best road games, best road stadiums, best road crowds on the schedule. But we also want to update you guys on some really interesting things that are happening with the Rams. And so I think we should start with that. Rich, what do you think of the Rams and Chargers being on hard knocks? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad somebody <laughs> else is covering the beat. That, that was my first thought. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. You know, it, it happened with the Rams in, in 2016, um, obviously, and people got a, a glimpse of, of what was going on. I know, Jordan, you've had some experiences, too, uh, with the Panthers, so uh, curious to see if, if we have the same opinions. But it, it's interesting. It gives you a glimpse, but it, it really is. It's, it's scripted, unscripted television is kind of how I, I would describe it. Uh, you, you are seeing some things that happen. You're seeing some of the major storylines. You're obviously seeing uh, the big players, the big moments. Uh, but a lot of it is kind of generated uh, with the, the storylines that they follow, the people that they follow. Uh, you're not quite seeing everything. You're not quite seeing it as it happens. It was really distracting for me in a way to watch it because I kept looking at it going, wait, that's a scene from a totally different time or that that didn't happen then. It, like it almost took me out of the narrative because I was trying to dissect it uh, from a production standpoint. But it's it's always interesting to get a look behind the curtain. I, I think fans will enjoy it. I'm curious to see how they balance uh, covering two teams at the same time. They've never done that before because they're not going to be in the same location. So it, that'll be curious from a kind of a production, uh, you know, directive standpoint. But uh, what did you think? What was your experience uh, being around the, the Panthers when all the cameras were around? Well, I'll tell you, I'm glad that they're open about the fact that it's actually happening because, you know, we covered the Panthers for a full year and the team didn't even alert us to the fact that we were being filmed the entire time. And what they did was they had all of the crew, which was, Uh, direct employees of NFL Films, they were all in their NFL Films vests the entire time. So you think, oh, okay, NFL Network's here, right? Well, actually, it was behind-the-scenes filming for Amazon's All or Nothing. And so when we found that out, we were like, "Uh, were we supposed to sign a waiver? Like, what's going on? So right right out of the gate, I'm glad there's some transparency here with Los Angeles. And a couple, I think a couple things about this. One, I think 
you know, so far from what I've heard from the fan base is this particular region is very wise to the concept of reality TV in the sense that a lot of it is scripted, even though it says reality TV. And of course, you know, the region is very wise to production and very wise to what goes into creating a show like this, the process, the the scripted moments. And I do think a lot of it will be. But what I think will be more of the scripted moments have to do specifically with SoFi Stadium, because really, at, you know, at its base, what this is, is a marketing opportunity to show off this new stadium. And they're doing that because if twofold one, you know, it's this was already in place, I, th- I believe, before the, the pandemic began. But also, this now makes up for the fact that they cannot bring in-person tours into the stadium. And this kind of makes up for the fact that people can't see the stadium with their own eyes. So I would imagine this is very, very heavily invested on the story of SoFi Stadium, all of the cool features, all of the you know, little details that they had wanted to really show people via a tour of some sort, but now cannot do that. And so I think there's an opportunity here for the Rams, especially the Rams um, being, I think, a little bit more of the prominent team here. Um, You know, the stadium will obviously be a massive storyline for both the Chargers and the Rams, but with the Rams being a little bit more of the prominent team, you know, recent Super Bowl run, et cetera, et cetera, you have an opportunity to be kind of more organic with what you can present to people because you know that they're going to see right through it if you're manufacturing things. And so I think in Carolina, oh my goodness, so many of these plot points and angles and storylines were completely manufactured, Um, you know, right down to like the new owner driving on the new property for the new facility to... Um, you know, Ron Rivera hitting the hitting the boxing bag early in the morning, like just things like that, that you just know are not actually happening. And so I think that this is an opportunity for the Rams to say, hey, human beings, like we are dealing with the very real things, coronavirus, social justice issues, systemic oppression, speaking out. Um, on behalf of the Black Lives Matter movement, we are dealing with the same things on a human being level that you sitting in your living room watching us are. And we feel the same as you. We are scared. We are anxious. We are trying to figure it out. And I think that is a massive opportunity for the Rams to show that they are presenting an organic substance, something of substance. While also, I mean, if I feel like I can relate to the player that I see on the field on Sundays, if I feel like he could get me or he would, I would relate to the coach or I would relate to sort of these, these um, societally deified figures in sports, then I feel like that's a team I want to attach to. And so I think that's a huge opportunity for them, but they have to do it right. And they can't kind of come at us with like this, everything's happy and happy land, like (laughs) kind of situation. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be fascinated to see how the the production is approached there because these hard knocks, I mean, how many years have they been around now? They they all kind of fall into the same 
kind of formula. You know, you go to training camp, there's drama about roster cuts. You get to know some fringe player who has a you know unique personality. I, I remember with the Rams in, in 2016, it was Eric Cush, and he created these uh, shirts uh, that, that he wore. And, and it was Will Hayes who uh, believed in, uni- or believed in uh, mermaids and didn't believe in dinosaurs, which really wasn't true. Don't tell anybody that. Uh, but uh, it was stuff like that where it was kind of like, okay, it's, it's you know, very kind of insular to, to training camp. And, and this, like you said, Jordan, at least has the potential to be very different than, than anything that, that Hard Knocks has ever done before. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they balance that uh, with, with the football side, with, you know, a lot of it is the, the cool uh, camera shots that they get. They get a lot of neat stuff on, on the practice field that, that translates well. Uh, to the episodes, but how do you balance that with, like you said, so many of, of these very serious uh, issues that have been going on right now? And then, like you said, SoFi Stadium, it, it's going to be a delicate balance, you know, to, to be serious and to uh, address some of these topics, coronavirus, like you said, that the social justice initiatives, things like that, that are obviously very serious with a lot of the stuff that they usually do, which is very lighthearted, very kind of fun, right. uh, reality TV kind of, you know, popcorn kind of stuff. But uh, it, it'll be their challenge, I, I think, to, to balance that and, and bring something for everybody. But uh, they, they certainly have a great potential. And, you know, we, we can we can criticize or, or make jokes, but uh, those people at HBO, those those people who put those shows together, very talented people, mm-hmm. uh, very, very, very smart people, very good at what they do. Uh, so, so I'm sure they're up for the challenge. They've only got five episodes. Uh, so, so it'll be fascinating to see how they pack all that in with two teams. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the opportunity here to kind of show some of the realness of the situation that they're in, but also to put, to be role models for society right now. I mean, you, they they these are guys who are going to be going to coming into work and taking safety precautions and following protocols like wearing a mask around other people socially distancing washing their hands um keeping you know unsung heroes that are keeping things very very sanitary in the environment equipment managers who now have the job of their lives to do at this point team yeah. doctors etc cetera, etc cetera. and and so I liked what Anthony Lynn said about this when he said, you know, I think it's an opportunity and I'm paraphrasing him here, but he said, I think it's an opportunity and I want people to see our guys taking care of each other. And that as a microcosm of what we as a society need to be doing right now and and being good to each other and taking care of each other. And I think that... Um, you know, that's a big opportunity for the spotlight for you to sort of step up and, and lead by example in the, in the spotlight. It is. And you have to, you mentioned Anthony Lynn and I know Sean McVay and the Rams have been uh, proactive about that in terms of discussions and uh, things like that. So you're, you're going to have some people who will be able to, to rise to the moment, uh, I, I believe. And um, it'll just be interesting to see what kind of platform they're given how that all is is handled uh, it's it's a big moment you know the, these two teams uh, who knows you know what's going to happen here over the next month or so you know the NBA will be back by then uh, possibly baseball too but it, it'll really be perhaps the highest profile look we have 
uh, kind of behind the curtain at, at all of this stuff. A uh, real kind of firsthand look at, at everything that's going on. So uh, it, it's a lot. It, it could get pretty intense, uh, but, but it's a great opportunity for these two teams uh, to, to kind of show who they are. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everybody has time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com football. That's drinkhydrant.com football for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com football. So, Rich, I am trying to bring some levity into my life right now. I'm surrounded by boxes. I'm surrounded by every object I have owned for the last four years and kind of in the process of moving across the country right now. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm nervous to do so um, in a pandemic, but will be hoping to take every precaution that I can to keep myself and others safe. And that kind of brings up all of these thoughts about, okay, you know, I'll get I'll get there. Well, what happens next? And not specifically for me, but for the Los Angeles Rams who have this really interesting travel schedule. As usual, they are logging a lot of miles and we're even planning on staying on the East Coast for a stretch um, between the Philadelphia and Buffalo games in weeks two and three. And so we are working with the assumption that the NFL will do whatever it can, whether that's wrong or right, to have a football season, but how do you take care of travel in a space where you know that travel was the first thing when the pandemic started was the first thing that people were like, no way, not doing this, no air travel, no airports, no gathering several people who are breathing in an enclosed tube, none of this, this is not happening. And so that's going to be interesting to see what kind of protocols are enforced in that regard. And I assume they'll ramp up testing in a lot of ways to make sure that everybody is safe um, if they do end up traveling. And so working with the assumption that teams will still be playing games on the road and not in some sort of bubble, although really anything could happen at this point if society, people, very <laughs> several people in society uh, keep being extraordinarily idiotic and not taking the proper precautions we don't know what's going to happen but operating with the assumption I'm a little I'm a little stressed if you couldn't tell but <laughs> operating yeah. with the assumption that the Rams will be traveling man there are some cool cities on this road schedule there really are. I mean, this is a good. That's always the first thing I looked at as as a beat writer. Like, what what's the what's the road cities, and particularly when are they during the uh, during the schedule? Because that makes a lot of difference too. Uh, but but you're talking about uh, a couple trips to Florida. 
uh, you're talking about it. There's a lot of East Coast travel, so that can cut both ways. It's it's fun to to go to some of those cities that you don't always get to go to with the with the rotation of the schedule. Uh, but you start off with Philadelphia, really a fun city, a lot to see there. Uh, Buffalo. Uh, and then there's uh, there's Washington. <laughs> you and, were really uh, quiet. You were real quiet after uh, you said Buffalo. Yeah, I just you know it's, it's, it's Buffalo. Buffalo's there. Um, and so then there's you know Washington, Miami, Tampa Bay, and then of course the uh, the NFC West cities, which are which are always great to go to. Also, so uh, yeah, you, you you hope it remains intact. Uh, for the, for the Rams, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the way that it's set up. Uh, and, and in terms of the weather also, the, the thing to watch there is we, we don't know. Like you said, Jordan, there's so much that we still don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and we just found out just recently here that that Hall of Fame preseason game is now not happening. And that's a little bit that's your first little tremor in terms of, uh oh, you know, is 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 are there things to be concerned about here? Because uh, now they don't think it's it's prudent to, to play that game. That's kind of the kickoff. Uh, to the to the preseason schedule. So, what kind of impact does that have? Is mm-hmm. is training camp going to be delayed? Are preseason games going to be impacted? And if so, then is the regular season impacted? Now, you know, as we know that the way that they set up the schedule was such that if they needed to, you know, in a worst case scenario, if they needed to chop a couple games off the front of the schedule, weeks one, week two they can add it to the end of the schedule. That, that's kind of their tentative plan. So that changes the game quite a bit uh, because the Rams had been looking at opening at home against Dallas. And then, like you said, those two road games at Philadelphia, at, Buff- at Buffalo. So what happens if those games get split? You know, what happens if the season in- opener ends up being, for instance, at Buffalo? That mm-hmm. very well could happen, and then that changes everything in terms of the uh, the travel schedule. But but yeah, it's 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 a it's a neat schedule. I have been. Let me see. I think I've been to all of these cities at one time or another, either for football or for hockey. Um, how about you? Have is there is there going to be any uh, first timers? Assuming that <laughs> assuming that we are able to to make these trips, any 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 new sites for you? No, no new or surprising things. I will tell you, I have enjoyed my time in Buffalo when I've been there. Uh, Before I get, that's a tease, before I get to that, I do want to point out, like, um, there were uh, a couple of interesting commentary, there was a a little bit of interesting commentary on social media earlier today from various um, league experts, personalities, and it was sort of operating with the assumption that whatever the NFL needs to do to have a regular season, they are probably going to try to do because they are keeping their eyes fully fixed on, oh my goodness, we ha- we potentially could lose billions in revenue and probably so far already, you know, I saw a number the other day where they are already p- preparing for a $3 billion loss. Now, let me say personally, I approach this topic with the caveat that I don't think that human health and safety should ever be put behind a dollar amount, but I also understand the very real operation of the league, which is all about that bottom line and that dollar amount. And so they are trying to figure out a way to continue this regular season by any means necessary. And honestly, because of the way that we're seeing 
the surging happen in so many states across the country right now. Um, and I saw, I was I was reading about you know these graphs that were out in the New York Times today about just how far behind other countries we are right now in terms of spikes in cases and surges in various cities and in testing. Um, you know there is a very real chance that there is no training camp. And there is a very real chance that there is no preseason and there is a real chance that there are no fans in stadiums. And, and in fact, that seems to be something that will be determined by, on a state by state basis. And so in California, um, seeing kind of how Gavin Newsom has come down on certain policies and protocols for coronavirus, I would I would be surprised if he would let fans in stadiums before there's a vaccine available. And so in that case, you have the the contingency plan which uh the sports business journal put out yesterday of blanketing off rows with ads so that you're still bringing in that revenue um sort of like how um the atlanta soccer team atlanta united does in the upper levels of the um falcon stadium because they can't they don't have the they don't they won't have the ability to fill it to capacity so they banner off with like giant sort of like faux billboards of advertisements so that they're properly placed uh, in the broadcast vision. And so people, you know, they're still getting that revenue. And so you're seeing now these contingency plans start to come out and start to formulate in all of this, including sort of the numbers that we're seeing of, of positives that are spiking. And, and, you know, yesterday was a record day for the United States in positive tests. And so, you know, that's, that's, that doesn't bode well for sports. And so it doesn't, and it doesn't bode well for safe sports, for sports where we can feel like, okay, we're watching this and not like deeply worried about the health and safety of the people we are covering, the people we are watching, the people in those buildings who are the most vulnerable, walking in and out every single day, support staff, et cetera. And so this is something the NFL is going to have to balance um, and, and figure out. And it's doing so without the consideration, it seems, that of maybe not having a season. Like, they're, they're basically like, what we know is we want to have a season. Everything else will work around that, that plot point. And that's, that's an interesting strategy to me um, with everything so fluid and so unknown, particularly about this virus. It's, it's a very, very interesting strategy to me because they are making that their fixed point on the map. And whether that means they are op- the Rams are opening at Buffalo, whether it means the Rams are opening at Washington, um, whether it means they push everything back and start in November. I mean, we just don't know how things are going to work. And um, it's it's freaky kind of to consider how fast things have changed in the last several months and how fast they will continue to probably change with football being about to enter, uh, you know, its featured point on the calendar. What, what do you do at that point? And so, you know, everything in a vacuum, this is a great schedule. But when I look at the schedule now and I was like, Oh man, you know, back when this comes out, I was like, Oh, awesome. You know, cheesesteaks and then wings back to back right I'm like yeah and then I'm looking at it now and I'm like how on earth are you going to stay on the road and practice at a you know probably a college facility probably somewhere in New York between Philly and Buffalo how are you going to do that and keep everybody safe and healthy and and you know and and follow the protocols and 
sort of manage every possible variable down to the most finite situation, how are you going to do that? That's, that's a task that, how are you going to, you're on the road and you have a bye week and you can control many variables when you're at your own facility. How are you going to then get on the plane in week 11 and go to Florida and keep everything safe with a, with a road trip like that right after the bye week? And it's not just the physical wear and tear, but it's like the virus too. And um, it's just um, like football ops people right now. If you you might, you probably aren't listening, but I hope you are. But football ops people right now, I commend you for the job you have done and the job that you have ahead of you. And I also will say that I do not envy you at all. Yes, because the NFL, I think, has almost a unique challenge because you know the sports that we're talking about coming back the nba for instance okay the nba you typically have 12 players per team they might expand it a little bit let's say you have 15 you have a handful of coaches support staff trainers uh people like that i don't know what the average traveling party is i'm going to say it's certainly no more than 50 i i think when when i used to travel with the nhl it was about 50, uh, and, and there's fewer people in basketball. So you've got that as a starting point. Baseball, mm-hmm. again, third, 30 players on the roster, more coaches, maybe, again, maybe looking at 50 or people. So the NFL, I, I don't know what the number is, but you're talking about around 60 players. You're talking about a dozen or more coaches. Again, support staff, trainers, equipment people, other front office people who who travel. I don't know what the number is, but it certainly has to be a mm-hmm. hundred, maybe more than a hundred. Definitely more uh, than that. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's, when when you factor in everybody who who travels, and so just from a pure numbers standpoint, it's it's so much more challenging than than some of these other sports. Now, I think most people know. These, these teams travel on private planes, so so it's not like they're flying mm-hmm. commercial. It's not like they're even going through an airport. They, they you know, utilize the private terminals and, and all those things. Uh, but but you're still, you know, you, you have the flight crew, uh, things like that, who may or may not follow you all, all year. So they might be exposing you. You might be exposing them. Uh, how the hotels are going to be handled, mm-hmm. I'm really not sure. Uh, that that's a point, uh, and and again, it's just like you said, Jordan. You're, you're talking about you, you go on the road, especially like the Rams are, are going to do for an entire week. Uh, what do you tell your players? What do you tell your 115 or 120 people who are in that hotel that that they can't leave? They can't ever leave the the hotel. I, I remember when the Rams were in London the first time, which was 2016, and and they stayed out at this. Uh, I think it was called Penny Hill Park. Beautiful. It looked like something out of Robin Hood. Like it was just this gorgeous, you know, just very quiet in the middle of a forest. And the players were just out of their minds because they could. They were far away from anything. They couldn't leave. They couldn't really do a whole lot. And so imagine that. Imagine, you know, essentially being kind of uh, just in your hotel for an entire week in Buffalo or in Philadelphia or whatever. So there's a uh, long way of saying there's there's a lot of challenges that, that are unique to, to the NFL, and, and they're going to need to, to, to figure that out. I'm sure they'll get a little bit of a guide from baseball because mm-hmm. it sounds like those baseball teams are going to try to travel. They're going to be doing a lot of the same things mm-hmm. that, that the NFL teams might be doing. So 
for better or worse, and, and hopefully for better, uh, maybe they'll get some hints, some clues about the best way to handle that sort of thing, because uh, it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. And yeah, you talk about these people who have to organize all, all of this stuff. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. what that's like for them right now, the, the millions of things that must be going through their heads. Yeah. And, you know, I do think the NFL has one advantage in this regard, and that is they get to sit back and watch what everyone else does first. And they get to see baseball and how that has been just a fiasco. And then how can we do it differently than they're doing it? And how can we do it better than they're doing it? They're going to watch the NBA come back. Um, Okay, how can we do it differently or better? You know, National Women's Soccer League, um, MLS, like they, they are going to be able to have the benefit of seeing College football even is trying. I mean, and that is catastrophic right now, the number of tests that are, are r- sort of ripping through, positive tests that are, are ripping through college football right now. Um, you know, they're going, the NFL is going, from a business perspective, going to see how other people are doing it first and then really going to be able to troubleshoot from there. And if you notice, like, some of their action items for the last, specifically related to coronavirus for the last several months, they've always been like a little bit of a lag. They haven't had the urgency or the need because they haven't been assembled all together. Um, And they haven't sort of been in their active phase of their season. And so they've been able to sort of delay a little bit behind everybody else and kind of sit back a little, um, see, you know, see how one person fares in the arena, then kind of like, okay, I can troubleshoot from there kind of a thing. And so that is one one benefit that they do have. Now, of course, like if you have all of that information and you still get it wrong, um, right. well, not great, Rich, not great. So, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, there's let's, only so much you can control. I yeah, mean, exactly. You can yeah. do everything right and, and still, uh, you know, have some concerns. So mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> I, I don't know how you get around that. Well, let's let's do a hypothetical and end on a little bit of a lighter note. Like, let's do a little bit of a hypothetical here. Okay. So, let's say that none of this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean, let's say that we are in December this, of this past year and we are just like, oh my gosh, we're hearing about road locations and... And all of this and like, oh, we're already planning on where we're going to eat and what our schedule is going to be, which ones we're going a day early to, seeing the sites. Okay, so if you could pick just one just for food to keep, if you have to scrap the entire road schedule except for one game, specifically just for food, and then a second specifically just for location and sightseeing. Okay, good question. Um, Just for food, I'm going to take Philadelphia. Uh, because I actually have some experience there. My best friend lived there for uh, a few years, and I was able to visit cheesesteaks, check. Uh, there's, a, there's a market called Reading Terminal Market that's, that's uh, in downtown. Awesome market where you, you can walk around and, and have all kinds of different uh, foods. Uh, great Italian food there, great steak places. I could stay in Philadelphia for a week um, and eat. So I'm going to take Philadelphia there. Best location. Uh, let me clarify my Buffalo stance. I, I've only been to Buffalo <laughs> once and it was like minus 35 degrees. So I did not have the best Buffalo experience. I apologize to Buffalo. The game is in September. I'm sure it'll be lovely. I'm sure there's things to do in Buffalo. 
I, I guess. Um, so, but in terms of, of location, uh, you got to go Miami. I mean, both Miami and Tampa Bay are, are on the list. I've, I've spent time in, in both of those, but Miami is just such a cool place to be. And again, that game being on November 1st, the weather will still be uh, nice there. The weather's always nice in Miami. So, so to be able to uh, spend some time there. I do enjoy Tampa Bay too, uh, but but being able to to spend a weekend in Miami, unless it rains, uh, the, 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 those rainstorms that they get down there are really intense. Um, so we, we've been there when uh, when they had thunderstorm warnings mm-hmm. and things like that. But but assuming all all things being equal, I would love to go to that Miami game. Yeah, you know, for for Food City specifically, if I could keep one of these road games just for food. I agree with you. I'm Philadelphia all the way. That's uh, a tough, tough tie with San Francisco, but I will say yeah. that Philadelphia, I, last time I was out there um, this last year, I went on a little bit of a cheesesteak tour and wow. I found by the recommendation of some locals, this little s- local spot called Ishka Bibbles, and had the best sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. And I dream about that sandwich. And so if I could keep one <laughs> one game, uh, yes. all things being equal, obviously putting health and safety of people first. But Ishka Bibbles, I love you. You have my heart and my soul. And it's buried in some one of those sandwiches somewhere. And it's just incredible. Um, in terms <laughs> of sightseeing, so I wanted to say Miami. Um, I like Miami. It's a really cool city. I am leaving the humidity uh, within the next 48 hours. I'm leaving southern humidity. And I got to tell you, Rich, I never want to come back. <laughs> like I have loved, I've loved living in Charlotte. It's been a very nice city. Um, met some very kind people. The food scene is expanding, which I love. Um, very dog friendly. My dog Tucker appreciates that. However, the humidity is not something I will ever be able to get behind uh, as a philosophical stance. <laughs> like I cannot, Understood. I just cannot do it. So I'm going to say I would love to keep one of these San Francisco trips because not only could I get out and see the Redwoods, I could get out and see, you know, all of the things that San Francisco has to offer. Um, I would also feel a little bit safer, like driving there, uh, if, if airports are still a little bit sketch at that time. And also, um, it's kind of cheating because there's great food up there too. So it's kind of cheating. I'm like, okay, two great food cities and there's no humidity. Even if it rains, it's like a dry rain. If that makes sense, (laughs) it's like a dry. No, no. Oh no. I know exactly what you're talking about. I I think I told you this, uh, but the the first time I ever went to North Carolina was for an LA Kings and it (laughs) rained. It wasn't rain. It was like somebody was standing on the roof and just poured a bucket of water on my head. And I'm like, what is this? This is not rain. This is like a a downpour. So I I totally understand what you're saying about the humidity, about all of that. 
San Francisco. I, I hardly think of it as a road trip even mm-hmm. because it, it is so close and, and we, we do it every year. Uh, great place. Uh, even the press box food is, is great. Oh, yeah. So you could, you could just hang out in the press box and, and eat there. But uh, always a great road trip. I know a lot of Rams fans enjoy uh, making that, that drive or that, that quick flight up there too. So I definitely hope that uh, they get to do that very soon in, in a safe way. Absolutely. And Rams fans listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Um, I am going to soon be in your city, which I hope you guys, you know, I hope you guys like me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so, so excited to be there. I've loved covering this team for the last couple of months. Um, And it has been a challenge at times doing it from three time zones away. But you know, if that's my biggest problem, then I am a fortunate, fortunate woman. And I'm very, very grateful. Um, I am not looking forward to driving to you, but I will chip away at it. Uh, that is a 37 hour drive. And I am just completely flummoxed as to how I'm going to make this happen. Uh, you know, the dog did not take to his driving lessons. So we mm. aren't going to we aren't going to go go that route. <laughs> so, um, and and you know, for everyone who's listening to 11 personnel, we're going to be back, um, after the, after the break, after I kind of get settled in a little bit, We've got some really fun, exciting stuff planned for you guys, um, in the fall. And please don't forget to follow us, subscribe. Um, there is quite a lovely discount. If you subscribe through the podcast site on the athletic, uh, 40% off, I believe rich. Yeah. Just go to, uh, uh theathletic.com slash 11 personnel and you should be able to find it and thank you so much uh for the very very warm welcome so far los angeles i cannot wait to be in you